Welcome again. This is Larry Bertrand with another lesson in the Explore the Bible series. We're in the book of Daniel, the very last lesson, lesson number six, scheduled for February 27, 2022. Believers can confess their sins knowing God offers forgiveness. So as we look at Daniel chapter 9, verses 4 through 19, the key verse is verse 9 of chapter 9. The Lord our God is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. So as we look at these verses in Daniel chapter 9, we'll note a contrast between God and his people. We'll discover who or what God's word says about the need for confession and repentance will focus on helping us understand the purpose behind Daniel's prayer and the message of God's forgiveness. So as we think about this lesson today, in in what situation do you find it most difficult to admit you are wrong? So I was reading about Kevin Duger, convicted of uh, a 2003 gang-related shooting in Chicago and sentenced to 54 years in prison. He maintained his innocence, refusing to plea uh, to a plea deal that would have carried uh, maybe an 11-year sentence. So in 2013. All of a sudden, his twin brother, Carl Smith, who took a different, took his mother's maiden name, confessed to the crime uh, in a letter to Duger, Duger. The judge ruled Smith's confession not credible because he was in prison for life. A lawyer took, took on Duger's case, appealing the judge's decision, and the Illinois Court of Appeals overturned the ruling, and Duger now is free while he waits for the Attorney General's office uh, to review the sentence. So how does this story illustrate the difficulty of admitting a wrong? How do you think this changed the relationship between these twin brothers? I'm sure it changed it a lot. While this is true in human relationships today, we're going to see its significance in our relationship with God. In this session, we're going to observe how Daniel's prayer modeled how we should approach God in seeking forgiveness for our sins. Let me read... um, Chapter 9, verses 1, 2, and 3, it kind of gives a historical background and understanding of where things are when this was written. Verse 1, in the first year of Darius, son of Xerxes, a Medes by descent, <clears throat> who was made ruler over the Babylon, Babylonian kingdom. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures, according to the word of God given, of the Lord given to me uh, by Jeremiah the prophet, that 
the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. So I turned to the Lord and pleaded with him in prayer and petition and fasting and in sackcloth and ashes. Looking at the context of uh, several chapters, chapters 8 through 12, we see uh, it records the final three visions in the book of Daniel. In the first vision, Daniel saw a strong man who was <clears throat> who did as he pleased. Uh, there was a male goat with one one horn that attached the ram, uh, attacked the ram, and defeated it soundly. The goat's horn was broken, and four horns took its place. And from one horn came a small horn that had great power and persecuted God's people. The angel Gabriel interpreted the vision as such. The ram and the goat represented the Persian and Greek empires respectively. Four kingdoms would arise from the Greek empire and would establish itself above the others. Daniel's second vision came after studying Jeremiah, the prophet's words <clears throat> that prompted him to pray for God to end the exile. Daniel confessed that God was righteous, but the people had sinned greatly for generations. They had ignored God's warnings in his word and from his prophets. Yet Daniel prayed for God to forgive the people's sins. Gabriel then provided Daniel further insight. God's people would face opposition, but God ultimately would defeat their enemy. So in Daniel chapters 10 to 12, it records Daniel's final vision, which occurred in King Cyrus's third year. Daniel observed a majestic figure standing by the Tigris River. Those who were with Daniel fled, and Daniel was left alone to see the vision. An angel informed Daniel he was about to learn about God's incredible plan for his people. So in Daniel chapter 11, verses 1 to 35, describes the Persian and Greek empires and their successors, uh, Greeks. Greece eventually would defeat Persia, but the Greek empire would soon split into four kingdoms. The reason, uh, the, ex the expression king of the south refers to Egypt, whereas king of the north, north refers to Seleucid's dynasty who controlled much of Asia. These kings and others would vie for power. Ultimately, an evil member of the Seleucid dynasty would persecute God's people severely. Nevertheless, God in time would rescue his people. So in Daniel uh, 11 verse 36 to 12 verse 3, it describes battles at the end of history. God will deliver his 
people during a time of distress such as the world has never seen. The angel told Daniel a resurrection of salvation and a resurrection of judgment were coming and assured him the vision would come true. Daniel had further questions, but the angel told Daniel not to worry. People would understand his words when the prophecies began to come true. So as we get ready for the first section here, confession is the first step in gaining reconciliation with God. So let's look at Daniel chapter 9, verses 4 to 6. It reads, I prayed to the Lord my God and confessed, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong. We have been wicked and have rebelled and have turned away from your commands and laws. We have not listened to your servant, the servants of prophets who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes and our ancestors and to all the people of the land. So Daniel's use of the word Lord and the phrase Lord my God as personal terms that signifies his relationship with God. He was not talking about someone that was distant and unconnected to him. Confession should be specific. Daniel used six different facets of sin to reveal his and the children of Israel's guilt, and he fully acknowledged their accountability to the Lord. So as I was looking in the Tyndale Bible commentary, it says in verse 4, the ascription, O Lord, the great and terrible God is almost word for word the same as as of that of Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 5, reflecting perhaps a, a common liturgical prayer of confession. The faithfulness and steadfast love of the Lord showed up by contrast, uh, by, by contrast, human fickleness and disloyalty and appropriately introduced a prayer that deepens or depends for its approval on the reliability of the word of God. Looking at verse five and six, the first four verbs are not mere synonyms, but between the between them bring out different aspects of Israel's wrong. It is an offense against God and man, he talks about. He talks about a perversion of man, of a rebellion against man. It involves guilt, and it was it was a rebellion against God's known will, his commandments, the great principles of the law 
and the ordinances, which are the application of those principles to particular circumstances. So the phrase, my servants, my servants, the prophets, is a phrase of Jerusalem. The chapter in which this 70-year servitude of Babylonian rule is predicted. They spoke to all strata of society. We see that mentioned even in Jeremiah chapter 44, verse 17. For all were responsible people. And since they did not listen, all, including Daniel, bear the guilt. So how does confession move a person towards repentance? It should. And usually once we get open with God and confess to him, we are willing to to turn around and go the other way to repent. Which comes first, repentance or confession? I think once we realize I have sinned and then we decide we, we must do something different. We must repent. So let me introduce the second point on the outline by noting it begins and ends with referencing God's righteousness. So Daniel chapter 9, verse 7 to 14, listen for words that describe God's righteousness. Lord, you are righteous, but this day we are covered with shame. The people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and all Israel, both near and far, in all the countries where you have uh, scattered us because of our unfaithfulness to you. We and our kings, our princes, and our ancestors are covered with shame, Lord, because we have sinned against you. The Lord, our God, is merciful and forgiving, even though we have rebelled against him. We have not obeyed the Lord our God, or kept the laws he gave us through his servants, the prophets. All Israel, verse 11 says, all Israel has transgressed your law and turned away, refusing to obey you. Therefore, the curses and, and sworn judgments written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out on us because we have sinned against you. You have fulfilled the word spoken against us and against our rulers by bringing us, uh, bringing on us great disaster. Under, under the heaven, nothing has ever been done like what has been done to Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come to on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God 
by turning from our sins and giving attention to your truth. The Lord did not hesitate to bring the disaster on us for the Lord our God is righteous in everything he does, yet we have not obeyed him. Daniel affirmed God's character as a a righteous God while also recognizing the extent of Israel's sin. Looking at comments in the Bible Knowledge Commentary, uh, verse 7 through 11, Daniel then acknowledged that God is righteous. He is just in disciplining Israel for her unfaithfulness, for which she was, he describes Israel as covered with shame and dispersed or scattered into foreign countries. God had scattered his people throughout the lands. God's discipline did not mean he he had withheld mercy and forgiveness from his people, but it meant that he, he, being righteous, must punish people's rebellion and disobedience. They refused to keep God's laws, they, for they transgressed his laws and they turned from God, being obstinate in their disobedience. They refused to obey God. Looking at verses 11 through 14, because because of her, her rebellion and disobedience, Israel was experiencing the curse and the judgment, judgments written by Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 28, 15 to 68. So in spite of the severity of the discipline, including great national disaster, we read about that in Daniel chapter 9, verse 12, The nation was not turning from her sins and submitting to the authority of the law, God's truth. This disaster, the fall of Jerusalem, was because God is righteous and Israel had not obeyed him. So I want to help you see in Daniel's prayer that What applied to Israel applies to believers today. God is faithful to his followers and any failure lies with them. When his followers acknowledge how righteously God deals with them, it can move them towards repentance and leads to confessing sins and experiencing, as a result, God's forgiveness. So Daniel's prayer concluded with a dramatic, emotional plea for forgiveness of God's people. So let's look into um, this last section, chapter 9, verses 15 to 19. We'll notice how Daniel approached God with several attitudes. He approached him with humility, with honesty, 
He further recalled Israel's sins and sought forgiveness, forgiveness for himself and for the people of God. Verse 15, now, Lord, our God, who brought your people out of Egypt with a mighty hand, who made for yourselves a name that endures to this day, we have sinned. We have done wrong. Lord, in keeping with all your righteous acts, turn away your anger and your wrath from Jerusalem, your city, your holy hill. Our sins and the iniquities of our ancestors have made Jerusalem and your people an object of scorn to all those around us. Now, our God, hear the prayers and petitions of your servants. For your sake, Lord, look with favor on your desolate sanctuary. Give give ears, our God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Lord, listen. Lord, forgive. Lord, hear and act for your sake, my God. Do not Delay because your city and your people bear your name. So throughout Daniel's prayer, he addressed God by name multiple times. Nine times he addresses God by name. So you might want to underline in your copy of Scripture the different ways he addressed God By name. Again, looking at the Bible Knowledge Commentary, verses 15 through 16, uh, Darius began his, Daniel began his petition by mentioning two of the same things in which he began his confession God's greatness and the people's sins. Daniel spoke of God's delivering Israel out of Egypt by his great power with his mighty hand. So he describes how God is great. God was glorified through the deliverance of his people. But because the nation had sinned, uh, Daniel's fourth time to state that his people had sinned, uh, she had become, the nation had become an object of scorn to the nations around her. So in a prayer that God, in keeping with his righteous acts, would turn away his anger and wrath from Jerusalem, Daniel was asking that God's discipline might be lifted and the people freed from their present bondage. Uh, Jerusalem is God's city, his his holy hill as it's referred to in Joel and Zephaniah. Once again, Daniel attributed the nation's present status 
to her past sins and the sin and iniquities of our fathers. So in verses 17 through 19, having prayed for the negative, the removal of God's wrath, the prophet now prayed for the positive, for God's favor, mercy, and forgiveness. Daniel asked that God would hear his prayers and restore or look with favor on the sanctuary, the temple in Jerusalem, for his sake. And he wanted God to hear his request. He says, give ear and see, open your eyes the city, to see the city's desolation. Interestingly, Daniel did not specify what God should do. He only asked that God look on the sanctuary and see the city both in desolation for many years. Daniel based his request on God's great mercy, not on the nation's righteousness, for she had none, but on God's merciful and forgiving. But, but, but because of God is merciful and forgiving, he prayed, O oh Lord, listen. O oh Lord, forgive. Concerning the Lord's reputation, Daniel wanted the Lord to act quickly, to not delay on behalf of the sitting people that bore his name. All this would bring what? It would bring glory to God for it was for his sake that he was asking him to do these things. Wow, there's some great things that we can apply out of this final lesson in Daniel. Confession is the first step to gaining reconciliation with God. Maybe you need to set a time to say, oh God, this is who I am. This is what I've done. I confess this to you. Please forgive me. It's the first step to being reconciled with God. A second application is I encourage you to humbly acknowledge, humbly acknowledging God's righteous dealings with his people moves his wayward people to repentance. So when we acknowledge who God is, it leads us towards repentance. And the final application is forgiveness is granted by God as an act of mercy and compassion toward his repentant people. So as we have concluding thoughts, uh, thank God for his compassion and mercy towards all of us through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, the Billy Graham Crusades, and I was doing some, reading some articles about Billy Graham in the last day or so. The Billy Graham Crusade has made very popular an invitation hymn entitled, Just As I Am. It's written by Charlotte Elliott. Charlotte was disabled and questioned her ability 
to come to God with her disabilities. So verse 37 of John chapter 6 became her verse. The one who comes to me, I will never cast out. So the words of this wonderful invitation is, just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am and waiting not to rid my soul of one dark blot to those whose blood can cleanse each spot, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, though tossed about with many a conflict, many a doubt, fightings within and fears without, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, poor, wretched, blind, sight, riches, healing of the mind, yes, all I need need in thee to find, O Lamb of God, I come. Just as I am, thou wilt receive with welcome, pardon, cleanse, relieve, Because I promise, I believe, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Just as I am, thy love unknown has broken every barrier down. Now to be thine, yea, thine alone, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Pray with me. Lord, thank you for the invitation for us to come to you just as we are. And we come confessing our sins and desiring to be repentant, to turn around and go the right direction. We're grateful for the lessons we've learned in this wonderful book of the prophet Daniel. Help us to apply it, we pray, even today. In Jesus' name. Amen.